everyone's good at something. They've just got to be lucky to get given a break mm. in, and find that thing they're good at. What you, there's something that will get you out of bed every morning effortlessly. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas global ambassador and entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today's guest Well, let's just take a moment. Today's guest is a multi-award winning DJ and broadcaster. He is a record company executive and a producer. He is the ultimate urban music pioneer and he has interviewed many of the world's most talented music icons, including Beyonce, Whitney Houston and many, many more. He was appointed MBE in 2002 for his work with the Millennium Volunteers Programme. His is the name most synonymous with R&B culture in Britain. Welcome to the studio, Trevor Nelson. Almost the best intro I've had in a long time. Yeah, almost. (laughs) Thank you. It was great. Oh my gosh, thank you. I mean, where do I even start? I don't know, at the beginning, wherever you want to start. I'm I'm here, I'm at your... uh, If I sound tired... It's because I'm still grinding. Okay. Hard. Cool. Well, and we're going to get. Probably why I'm still going. Yeah. Well, we're going to get into all yeah. of it. But I guess I should start firstly by saying thank you. Thank you for being here as part of the Power Hour for Black History Month. And also thank you for all of it. You know, you've inspired so many people. And I just truly think that your impact, it's immeasurable. That's really, really, really nice to say. Because um, before everybody was. I don't know, as aware as they are today, there was a time when people weren't that aware, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, what I've seen emerge in the last 20 years is crazy. Yeah. Um, for, for people like myself, I yep. have to say people like myself, that generalises, but yeah. And, uh, you know, so when you got your chance 25 years ago, you had to take it. Mm. And you had to realise that every st- story, every step of the way, all eyes are on you from a certain minority of people mm. you may not be the biggest thing but to certain people it's a big thing yeah yeah you're doing it coca-cola <laughs> um yeah and i i was i'm very conscious i was always really aware of you know my position and so i had fun it was hard work it's music it never felt like work even though i made it work um but i was always conscious that Little babies like you would turn, little acorns like you would turn into <laughs> oak trees and one day say to me, yes, yes, you know, and that that means a lot. Yeah, I know. More than any award, trust me. Amazing. Really Amazing. Big. So you were born in Hackney. Yes. Not too far from here. And yep. your family's from St Lucia. Mm-hmm. So growing up, when you look back on your earliest memories and on your school days, what did you want to be when you grew up? And did you have your sight set on music from day one? Absolutely not. I went to school, secondary school, just around the corner, walking this, a stone throw from here, right. Central Foundation, and I grew up in, in Stoke Newington. Um, no, I was at primary school, 
and just like any boy, I was quite. I'm, I'm not. I was quite bright. Yeah. I was reading the newspaper at four or five. I was writing my name. I remember I went to nursery and I could write my name when I was three and a half. And I remember the letter came to go nursery. And so I knew I was, you know, and yeah. my parents knew I was quite... Everybody sort of said to me, mm. and then when you get to 10, you we all do a little sort of test. Um, it was called 11 plus at the time. And it's English, maths and something else. And you get you get one, one, one if you're... And three of us got one, one, one. And the sort of headmaster goes he should try for the grammar school two and a half miles down the road. And I'm like, no, I want to go to the local school where my mates are going. I don't want to go to grammar school. Anyway, I got in, Yeah, got interviewed and got in. I remember, you know, thinking, so then I remember thinking, okay, but this grammar school was going through a transformation. It was turning comprehensive. And a lot of the kids went to work in the city and did good things. But I was pretty much no ambition because I didn't know anyone in uni, not one person. When I was 15 or 16, did I know, went to uni. Right. So that was not an aspiration. Mm. That was scary. Um, everybody in those days got a trade. Everybody wanted to work at 16. I wanted to be independent. And the only respect I could get from my parents was to contribute to the house. Mm. And the only independence I could get from my parents telling me what to do was to get a job. So I stayed until about 18, 19. Um, but at 15, I got a part-time job. In a shoe shop? No. Oh, I in, read you had a shoe shop you're job. You're absolutely right. Where did that, that, when was that? You're right. That was in Ravel in Dalston. Okay. Uh, Saturdays. But before that, when I was 15, I worked in a greengrocer's. Mm -hmm. So I worked Saturday and Sunday for the sum total of eight hours work for eight pounds. Okay. I earned eight pounds a weekend and I told my mum, you don't need to give me school dinner money anymore. You don't need to give me bus for anymore. I'm independent. I'm a grown man. At 15. Yes. I turned, I, I somehow survived on that money, believe it or not. And um, I never asked my parents for another penny after that. Wow. So I was a big man. I was walking into my house like, big man. Do you know what I mean? I was like, but I hustled my, you know, I, bought, I started buying music. I started buying and selling stuff. I made it, you know, ends meet. And um, when I left school... I didn't have any A-levels. I had eight O-levels, which was eight GCSEs back then. And I kind of was a bit scared right. because I didn't really know what I was going to do. I didn't really have a career plan. I worked in retail and I just worked. I managed a little shoe shop in Bethnal Green. There were three members of staff on a Saturday. I wasn't very good at running a shoe shop because at lunchtime I tended to close the shop and go to the records shop. <laughs> And the lunchtime was the busiest period of the day, you know what I mean? So some days, I mean, I was a little bit, you know, that was my calling, music. Right. So one day, I, you can interject at any time, I'm just giving you my early story. So one day, the guy in the record shop in Clapton said to me, I've got this big book of, like, it's like a Bible of music from that are all old school tunes in warehouses in America, and I can order them really cheap but you know more about it than I do. Now, I'm 18, 19. I'm like, okay, let me look at the book. So I look at the book, and there's all these titles there. And I'm like, yeah. So he says, um, so he offers me a job. So my job then becomes, you know, he did really well off what I ordered, old, old titles. But then my job became importing new music into the country and selling it to record shops for this company. So being a van man, an importer... You know, collecting music at, at Heathrow, 
whizzing around the whole of the southeast of England, coming back at eight o'clock, getting on the phone to America, phoning the guys going, yo, man, we got a new group called Public Enemy, man. And I go, really? Yeah, man, they're hot. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, give me 50. No, man, you're going to need more than that. And what do they sound like? He'll take the phone, put it up against the speaker. That's how I listen. Seriously. I love it. So I started at, the, you know that, that tune um, that Drake said started at the bottom? I was, that's where I started in yeah, music, yeah. at the very beginning. And it just snowballed from there. And here you are. But I mean, I mean, you, yeah, you can say snowball, but I guess mm. already right from the start, you know, there's the work ethic, there's the graph, there's the willingness to, mm. also the confidence. I think the confidence and willingness to say, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. And yeah. trust yourself. Because how did you know, you know, you could have... I don't know, it could have been a disaster, but yeah. you, you obviously had not just the passion, but also the will. I think everyone's good at something. They've just got to be lucky to get given a break mm. in, and find that thing they're good at. What you, there's something that will get you out of bed every morning effortlessly. Yes. You know, I, the word work is a four-letter word. I do believe 80% of people hate going to work. Like a swear word. Those 20% who go, I love my job, people hate you. They hate you when you say that. Yeah. People hate, have you not seen that? Mm-hmm. I've definitely. Say to people, yeah, I like, I, I, the moment it feels like work, I want to stop doing it. People hate when you say that. Mm. Because I did it for nothing for so many years that when I started earning money doing it, it was like, oh, it's a bonus. Yeah. You know, I'd do this anyway. Mm. Um, well, it's interesting then you just said about, you know, getting that kind of, having the the will or the talent or having being good at something but then having that in so i'm sure you must get asked for you know lots of advice from people about like breaking into the business Mm -hmm. getting your foot in the door and the industry must have changed you know so much over the years so do you think that process has changed too do you think that it's harder now for people or is it easier these days for people to get access to those those right people those right places and to kind of get that door open for you yeah your generation always door stops me Every, I mean, and you think you're a generation before the current generation, don't you? Sure. No, but you're part of the same generation. Right. I get door stopped all the time. I get, um, can I, you got a minute? And I'm like, yeah. I give everybody a minute. Anybody, anybody at all who wants to be a broadcaster, anyone in music who, who stops me and asks me. But I don't have all the answers. It's really important that people work out how to, to, to sort of carve their path. My path was like, you know, you're digging a tunnel with a pickaxe and you're just chipping away, chipping away. You're enjoying yourself, but you're chipping away. Before, before you know it, 10 years have passed and you're halfway through. Mm. You don't know where the other end of the tunnel is. You just keep, I'm still chipping. Yeah. I'm still chipping. Right? There's no one in front of you to follow. There you go. There you go. So I'm chipping and chipping and chipping. With the kids today, they can see right through the tunnel. The problem is they can see the other end clear as day and they want to get there as quickly as possible it's a big it's a big problem with everything being so quick and accessible today you think Jay-Z's a billionaire without work ethic there's no way that guy just you think just because he, he's got flow and he could no way he's hungry yep. he wants to be a mogul because he doesn't have to be he can live comfortably without being it he wants to be what he is mm. I don't want to be Jay-Z I've never wanted to be a mogul in fact Money's not my, my motivation. I, if I don't work tomorrow, I don't live. I have to give my house back. People may be surprised at that, yeah. but I don't have any income coming in 
at all unless I work. Mm. And that's how I wanted it, to keep me hungry. I love that. I love that. It's mad, but it's true. Yeah, and it's also, really true. Yeah, I love that because yeah. yeah, you're right. People might be surprised to hear it, and also the the work ethic bit. You know, people the, the impatience, and as you said, people don't want to hear it, but mm. you know, it's true. And I think you can't. Nothing can replace it. That's something that I'm hearing a lot of is like you know, the the kind of the shortcut or the hack or the yeah. top tip, yeah. and it's like yeah. hard work. That's well, always the tip. Take me. Music is my reason for broadcasting. I could broadcast now and do other things. I get offered to do a lot of things, but my plate is full with music. So I sort of look at it and I go, okay, that's what I do. Music's what I do. It's great. How do I stay hungry after 30 years of doing this? I find a way. I find a way to re-motivate myself. I look at young people now. There are loads of radio stations at all different levels now to join. Loads. There are lots of ways of, if you want to be a producer, if you want to make music, there's lots of ways of getting your music heard. Just post it. To share it. If you're any good, share it. Mm. If you're any good, you're going to get feedback immediately. You don't need to sit in a record company like I used to run a label for EMI. And I had a thing where, let me give an example. Mid-90s. I get a demo tape. Well, not demo tape. I get a call. We had loads of demo tapes. Gosh, I used to listen to them. They were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get a call from somebody in the know. It says, like, listen, I... There's somebody worth meeting, and you, then you pick your meetings. So you're in a little office in a big building, a bit bigger than this room, and Sia, world-renowned, famous singer, great songwriter, incredibly successful. Not young, because mm -hmm. she came to see me in the 90s. Right. Definitely talented. Not a star in the 90s. This is really important. Mm. Not to start in the 90s. Listen to her stuff. That's why I'm meeting you, because I really love your stuff. Quirky as hell. Really funny girl. Really, just, I really loved her. Couldn't sign her. Knew it wouldn't work. 10 years later, she's writing songs. 20 years later, she's a global star. Mm. You're like, because in this day and age, the world can accommodate Sia, as it did Ed Sheeran, as it did Adele, as it did Rag and Bowman, as it did all these non-Kylie-looking people that we were programmed to sign. Do you mm. see what I mean? Yeah, the timing wasn't right. Timing wasn't right. And interestingly enough, when I um, left my job at EMI, which wasn't highly paid for what I did, I was head of A&R at a label, I could have made it higher paid, but I, I didn't feel I earned it. So I left, I got, a, I got the MTV gig, and I was doing MTV and Radio 1 at the same time. And I thought, this is, it's not right that I'm signing artists and having the, I'm the guy everyone goes to. Mm. So what do I'm gonna, what am I doing with my artists? Am I going to play them? Didn't yeah. feel it was right. So I left. What? You're not leaving? Are you mad? I'm like, yeah, I am. Well, double your salary to do one meeting a week. My lawyer's got this cracking deal. And he said to me, oh, I've got you. It's like, double your salary, one meeting a week. And I said no, and he was no longer my lawyer, oh. basically. How did you do that? How did you, because when you say it now, people are like, okay, how, in the moment, were you not thinking, I might regret this, you know? No. No? No. Was it gut feeling? What was? No, it was, it's what everybody does now anyway. They don't mm -hmm. do what I did. They just take the money. No one bats an eyelid. Yeah, good for you. You've earned it. With me, it was, I don't want anyone ever looking, like you've read my CV 
And anyone listening who knows Ryan will go, yeah, and he's done more than that. A lot more. Right, no, but I'm just saying, but <laughs> no one can say I've ever done anything untoward, you know, mm. in my career. It's really important to me. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. Mm. This is a work, This is a generation now who demand free stuff, right? <laughs> demand sponsorship, need sponsorship. This is the joy you guys have that we didn't have. Mm. I got nothing at the time. So every, every day you had to go, right, okay, got to prove my worth, got to prove my worth. And I think, I genuinely think, I, I love the fact someone can be sponsored, backed for what they do because someone likes you and, and likes what you're about and likes what you stand for and want, want your name associated with their brand. I think it's fantastic. I really do. And I'm not judging anybody who, who does that. The people I do judge, though, are people who want to get somewhere in life to get free stuff. Yeah, they want that stuff, but they don't want the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you're listening to this, right, I would say to you, you'll get found out. Yeah. You've got to have substance. It's really, really important. I, maybe I'm over the top in my head about it, but I just think you just got to have substance. No, no, you're right. I think the smoke and mirrors yeah. and the kind of all of the showy and the talk, you know, like you said, if you can, if you're talking the talk, you've got to, you got to have the stuff. It you makes know? you bulletproof. Mm, yeah. And I feel bulletproof. Amazing. Well, taking it back, yeah, you're talking about the 90s, mm. talking about, you know, MTV. And you're right. I did do, you know, a lot of research. I do my research for the show and I went back mm-hmm. way Back. I'm watching those interviews, you know, and like the lick, MTV, yeah. you yeah. know, the the guests include, you know, Jay-Z, Mariah, Lauren Hill, come on, you know, everyone. So I guess I was kind of thinking at that time, first of all, like, what was that like, you know, in terms of these are the biggest people <laughs> in the entire crazy. world, but you didn't look phased, like you're no. sitting there on the sofa, like close to Beyonce. Yeah. I'm like, these, they're friends, they're mates. Mm. You're just, you know, up there chilling. And I'm thinking like, did that become normal? Did that feel, did it ever feel like, yeah, I'm, this is my job, this is what I do now, or was it always crazy? It was normal, normal crazy. I, I have to admit, I, I even sometimes, because some people post them on YouTube, mm. I've got a cupboard full of interviews and stuff. The I'm Whitney got, one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was that was something else though. I can she, give you I can give you so many bits on that that sort of thing. She looks amazing, right? She looks amazing, but she's also pretty intense. She's scary. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's scary. yeah, she's very scary. intimidating. She kind of yeah. was. I was all the way thinking, is she gonna? Is she kind of is she is she vexed? Is she happy? Yeah, yeah. You know. I can give. Do you want? I can, well, tell us. Basically, um, I'd never met Whitney. I'd, I'd been somewhere where Whitney was once in America, and I saw. A side of Whitney that no one, no one from our end had seen, and it all came out later. The totally presentable Whitney and the kind of high Whitney, you know. Mm. And it was only if you're behind the scenes at a record label in the, in the business, you might have seen that with some artists. It was a night New Edition reformed, and I and I flew. I think it was Washington or somewhere like that, and all the black music industry were there, puffy everyone. Yeah, because Biggie had been killed. Um, a year or so earlier, and Puffy was with bodyguards, and it was really weird. But um, a one-on-one interview, she was by far the most intimidating interview I've ever done. But I think I held my own. You, you know, did. she they shut down HMV for Whitney one evening. There was a queue going down Oxford Street of people waiting to get autographs and signatures for a new album. The album was um, the album, the R and B album she did. You know. It's not right. It's okay. Yep. My love is your. All My that love, stuff, yeah, right? I love it. Dope album, right? So the good. first proper R and B album she ever made, mm. and only proper R and B album she ever made. Because yeah. before that, it was all pop ballads and yeah, and really pop. So she's got to come talk to me. That's how I had it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you got to have Trevor. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, I get, so I get the call, 
And, you know, our show was so, so powerful at the time. The Lick was such a big deal that we got everybody. Everybody wanted to do it yeah. because they used to come in here and doing a bit of Top of the Pops and some dodgy interviews with people who aren't invested in black music, who just ask them the most basic questions. And all of a sudden they got a guy who clearly knows his stuff and, wow, and the crew, really multiracial crew, and it's, am I in England? Do you know what I mean? Am I, you know, it was a bit like that. So that's why we got the love. Um, so anyway, I'm sitting up in a room, probably in the store, you've probably seen it, and Whitney, Whitney sits opposite me. And I'll tell you what, Jay-Z, no problem. Lauren Hill, although I was in love with Lauren Hill, no problem. <laughs> of course. Beyonce, no problem. I knew Beyonce from 17, 16, so we were always good, right? Yeah. And all these people. But Whitney, Mariah even, a, a fluffy kitten, <laughs> diva, 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 J-Lo, all of them could handle. Whitney, you know you're sitting opposite Whitney. I love that, though. Yeah. I love that. I felt in a, in a sweating going on, right? <laughs> but I'm keeping, the, the, I'm keeping my exterior calm. And she's getting made up, sort of fixed up. And she's got her bodyguard standing behind her, who rumored, was rumoured to be a very, very close friend, mm-hmm. right, as well. There are all these things bouncing about at the time, at the time. And I sit there and say, um, before the camera's properly rolling, good flight, good flight, nothing. Oh, no. I mean, nothing. Oh, no. Nothing. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, whew, it's going to be, this one's going to be tough. Wow. But a minute later, she goes, yeah, it was fine, thank you. And I went, ooh, I know how this is going to go. Oh. I'm in control of this interview. <laughs> but, you know, we, she, we had a good interview. Mm. I got what I wanted. She got what she needed, which is her talking about her music and her album on a very, very specific platform, mm. directly to R&B fans, which is really important for people like that who are pop artists. So you go into interviews like that, and really they don't have the power. You have the power. They need you. Yeah, you're doing her. They you're need, doing Whitney a favour. They, well, no, I don't want to sound like that, but <laughs> they kidding. they do need you to give it yeah. that tick of the album's banging. Do you know yeah. what I mean? By the way, you know that kind of vibe. Yeah. And they want that. They want yeah. that. And and they want to be. And she wanted to be. I'm hip hop, you know, heart. And yeah. the the thing that I didn't realise is prior to that, she's getting these dodgy interviews. She's getting people probing. She's getting people asking about Bobby all the time. She's getting. Do you, you see what I mean? So mm. they're weary. Yeah. So that's why she was more like that than ever. And no, she was fine. Mm, it was wow. fine. And it was the biggest test as an interview for me. Yeah. It just was, you know, but everything else was easy. Amazing. I love it. Oh my gosh, everything I could listen easy. to you all day. I've got stories on every interview. <laughs> of course you have. Loads. I'm Loads. not going to let you leave. You know what? I'm going to take it. I want to talk to you about the Power Hour and yeah. about, you know, uh, yeah, all of that. But before mm-hmm. I do, just off that story, I actually have a story to tell you. I wasn't, I don't know if I'm going to keep this in, Jack. You might have to cut this out. This is basically a mistake that I almost made for today, but oh, I didn't. Okay. So basically, obviously, like I said to you, I'm yeah. doing that. You look worried. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Go, go, go. You know what I said? I'm doing I don't know your mother, do I? <laughs> I'm just saying, I can't. What's going on? Uncle Trevor. Yeah. yeah so that's what they call me, actually. That's my nickname. Hey. Yeah. Oi, oi. So yeah. basically, I was mm-hmm. research, like I said, research research. I, and I do, you know, like to do that. I respect yeah. people giving me their time to come on the show. So mm-hmm. I want to do my homework. So after typing in Trevor and mm-hmm. Nelson multiple times on different search engines, I see uh, 
Trevor Nelson Mandela interview. So I'm like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is iconic. Let me just put that in, ask him about that. Mm. And then I look a bit closer and it says, Trevor meets Nelson Mandela. And it's actually Trevor McDonald from uh, ITV News Night. <laughs> you could have made it. Yeah, I would have walked out. 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 No question. Yeah. So, you know. Um, We're the two most famous black Trevors in Britain. I mean, yeah. No question. Yes. You can't be mistaking it, but it just goes to show that preparation is very important. I've never never met Nelson Mandela. I met um, one of his right hand men post him being free. I can't remember the guy's name, though, um, at Brixton Academy. That was it. Um, But yeah, never met him. And I had a chance to meet Barack Obama, and I didn't. Take it. Right. Some, you know, like, because the group of people who were going to meet him were a sort of black caucus of business lawyers and that. And I didn't feel part of that, that those guys. Mm. And I kind of regret it. That's another thing I regret because I, I, I respect him enormously. And in light of the way things are now, even more, mm. you know, because he had to put up with a lot of stuff to keep that front that he had all the time. Whereas our current, uh, well, not ours, America's current president is unfiltered, as you know. So, um, but yeah, that was, I don't know, sometimes you just sort of don't want to meet your heroes. Mm, Well, yeah. You know know what I mean? It's just like, he, you know, for me, uh, listen, Obama's hands aren't clean. He's a politician, all right? But just what he achieved, in my lifetime, I was reduced to tears. You know what I mean? I was absolutely in bits when he when he became president, just because I was like, in my lifetime, are yeah, you yeah, mad? Exactly. That's not going to happen, you know, but yeah. it did. Cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about the Power Hour. So, yep. you know, I love to find out from people, you know, their journeys as we shared mm. and talked today, but also, you know, what gets people out of bed, what makes them excited, inspired, and particularly if they have like a morning routine or anything that's cultivated that kind of sets them up for a good day or a bad day. So, yeah, I'd love to know what... Well, firstly, what time you get up in the morning. I mean, I know, you know, DJs, broadcasters, yeah. Pasha for 15 years in Ibiza. I kind of feel like I might know, but I'd still love it's, you to tell us. It's not the best way okay. of living. I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> Do think, you have a morning routine? I, I, well, shall I tell you about health first? Yeah. Because it's... Because is this, it's, um, is this I, a, new, a new venture? No, 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 no. I've always been moderately healthy, especially for a DJ. Mm-hmm. And it's not aesthetic. I mean, to be honest, when I did television, you are more aware of your appearance. Especially now, 5K. Yeah, yeah, you're more aware of your appearance. My aim, I mean, guys want to be hench all over the place. Young guys just walking around hench, almost toppling over. They're so hench, right? But I think it's more important to look good in your clothes, if possible, if you're a presenter. You know, and, you know so there's a difference between piling on muscle and just looking healthy. Um so I always try to do something twice, minimum twice or three times a week. My missus, bless her, doesn't see me until the weekend <laughs> because she gets up at 6.30 or 7. I come in at 1 and I don't go to bed. I probably fall asleep downstairs in front of the telly catching up on programs because I, I just do adrenaline thing from my shows and stuff, you know. And this is nightly. This is Monday to Thursday. So I, that's why I don't get full sleep. Okay. So I may get five hours a night, which is not, you know that's not Ooh, good. No, that's not I'm, good. I'm twitching at that bit. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Five hours a night. I, I am a, I'm a consumer, mm. right, yep. in terms of, 
I just can't go to bed. If I read more, like you said, if I read, if I came in, read a book, I'd just be like, I go to bed with a, sometimes an iPad on. I know, wait, wait, I break every rule in your healthy book. <laughs> I'm telling you now, but I know a lot of people listening will say, I do that Dude, too. Dude, I do that too. Yeah, it's yeah. Because if I go to bed, I can be my book. Like right now, I'm tired. I'm properly tired. I've had an average of about four to five the last six days. For the listeners who cannot see you, mm. I mean, you look good. I'm 55. I know. I know you're 55. You look good. I don't know how. <laughs> and I think I'm just going to keel over one day. <laughs> don't say, but, hey. But no, I really do. But but no, this is truth. And I hate people coming to me go, man, damn, you look the same. You do look and the same. That, I know. You look the same as 25 years ago, you man. Do. I know, I know. But I think I'm masking this. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just going to croak. But um, no, so anyway, so I get up and I don't do the same thing every day, right? But I have worked a way of sorting this, sorting this out. Okay. Okay. I play golf. Don't even knock golf. It's brilliant. Okay. All right, before you knock <laughs> before it. Before I cuss you. <laughs> right, I don't have a dog, so I don't walk in the park. Okay. But I play golf about once or twice a week, which is like walking eight miles. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. No, You're getting good. fresh air. It's great. Um I probably I have something called a kinesis. I don't know if you know what kinesis is. It's like it's like a cable machine, but it's yep. tidy. It's, I've had it ten years at home. It's pulleys and it's and it's really good. And it's and if you're tired, say 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 you've got dumbbells and you're doing chest press and you've got a certain weight and you're tired. And someone say don't exercise tired. It's not good because you'd be like you'd be like you know. Whereas with pulleys. You can still exercise mm-hmm. and you can control the resistance, the res- resistance, yeah. which I think is really, really important when you get older, not to just try and don't try and compete with them young boys. <laughs> don't even think about it. Even if you look like them. Don't even try. Right. So I kind of watch what I eat. Thankfully, I have a very, very conscientious partner who is becoming to treat treating us like rabbits nowadays, man. She is on it hard. <laughs> she every every week it's like, I'm not doing red meat anymore. Oh, welcome. We, we would get along. We ain't doing red meat no more. And I'm like, Plant uh, power. uh, uh, what? No, <laughs> not the death of red meat. Not me. Curry goat, are you mad? <laughs> I can't let that go. Lamb, are you nuts? No, I'm, I don't care if you don't like hearing this. No, I, you, you plant- need to hear this. Mm. I've got incisors, yeah? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, uh, hey, I'm, I'm a, plant powered. I'm a carnivore, right? <laughs> At my core, to my core. But I am, no, but so. I am aware of what I eat. I have a bowl of porridge every morning. So I get out of bed. And I have a, a dear friend now, Mark Foster, used to be an Olympic swimmer. Yeah. He's a, I meet all these people through golf. Yeah. And Mark says to me, I said, Mark, my back sometimes. And because I sit down all day doing playlists for my shows. And I don't like, you know, I don't sit on a ball. I wish I could just sit on a ball. I need to get that sorted out. He said, Trev, when you get up in the morning, just do 50 squats straight. Fires up your back. 50 squats. 50 squats, if you do nothing, 50 squats and a little stretch. So I tend to do a little stretch, do a little Pilates, I've done that. I, I know my body, I know how to. I know where the aches are, I know how to stretch. I stretch my hip because a lot of people ignore their hips and your hip is the reason you have a lot of shoulder, you know. So I'm aware and I think the key thing I would say to people, just try and know your body. Yeah. More than, than race to pump your muscles up or... Know your body, know how to... Your body, and your that's body, the thing, yeah. Know, know your body. So, yeah. porridge in the morning, regardless, first thing, blueberries in there, some almonds, 
a little bit of added vitamin powder, whatever you call it. I don't know. A tiny bit of honey to taste because I do like my, my sweet things. Of course. Yeah. And then um, give it a gap, a couple of slices of toast, treat myself to a coffee. Food-wise, never go mad. Never go mad on pizzas or... Sorry. <laughs> things like that. But we eat well. Yeah. We eat quite well. And try to train for shorter periods of time. I used to do like over an hour. I used to box train at one point. I had a mate who ran a gym, and that was the best training ever. I would say to anybody, you can ever go to a proper boxing gym and not be intimidated and just get your head down because people respect you if you're just working. Mm, they, don't, they don't stare at you. Yeah. They just respect you're there, right? Because I was there, and I'm twice the age of these guys, and I remember he used to... He used to kill me, but afterwards the feeling was amazing going home. I'd get home, be going home in the car, dripping with sweat, going, yeah! I was like, so high, yeah. so yeah. high, unbelievable. Didn't look forward to it the next week, but couldn't wait till I'd warm and getting into it and then we're in the ring. That was amazing. So, Have you ever got into running before? Ever no, 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 no. My family have really bad knees, okay. so I have a cross trainer at home. Mm -hmm. I have a setup at home. I have a cross trainer at home. I have a rowing machine. Okay. I have, is yeah, I have a squat rack. You'd never believe I have a squat rack if you see my legs, but I do. <laughs> I have a bench. I have um, some free weights. And then in the bedroom, I have this Kinesis machine. Mm -hmm. So, And I'd like to get a Pilates in my loft. A Pilates, I don't know what that is yet. Oh, the stretch, one, the Cadillac. But, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that's, cool that's where I'm going. That's right. where I'm heading. My big problem at the moment is time. Mm -hmm. So I don't exercise for more than 45 minutes at a time. That way... It doesn't stop me exercising because if you say to yourself, if you lead, lead a busy life and you say, me exercising is an hour and 15, you'll never do it. Yeah. You won't do it, trust me. You'll find reasons. You'll say, I haven't got an hour and 15, therefore I'm not going to put my shorts on and I'm not going to exercise. You know, it's like saying, I don't run in the rain. Well, I don't actually, but that's because of my hair. Yeah, but, yeah, but you know what I mean? But you'll find something else to do. But a lot of yeah. people, you can't find reasons not to do stuff. So... I try and make it as convenient as possible. And everybody says, mate, you still look fine. Yeah. I you mean, know, I can vouch to people that can't see it. Probably I can twice vouch. a week I probably exercise yeah. and, I, and I get out there and play golf. And that is it. Awesome. That but, is it. but it's great that you shared, you know, that A, it doesn't have to be, as you said, loads and loads of time. Because, you know, for a lot of people that, as you said, it's like, oh, well, it's got to be all or it's not worth it. Yeah. And actually, 20 minutes is better than no minutes. Five minutes is better than no minutes. Yeah. And that's not just exercise. That could be, you know, when you describe the golf, that's mm. actually, you know, you're ticking so many boxes with golf because you're outside. So yeah. you're getting, as you said, you know, the mindful aspect, you're getting the the big space, you know, breathing in oxygen. And it's hilly. It's hilly, you're walking. Yeah. Also the social aspect, you're there with probably with friends. It's like you're ticking so many boxes. So I think, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to looking at, you know, how do you actually keep well or, or whatever, it doesn't have to be, okay, what's the gym regime? What's the, you know, the, the nutrition mm -hmm. like? It's so many other factors as well that people need to consider. Let me ask you about the sleep. You, you just regress. You just gave me a look of death when I said <laughs> I don't get enough sleep. What's your take on it? Because I did go to a sleep therapist in Harley Street. Okay. And he was he, he lived in the same block as me at one point, And he got me on a diary. He got, he got me to keep a diary. It just didn't work for me. It just okay. didn't work for me. Mm. My mind does not shut down. It doesn't shut down. Yep. And um, it's a problem. The quieter it is, the more awake I am. Okay. That's why I have to have some background noise on. Um, it's not fair on my partner, so that's why the earphone goes in, the iPad's out, and I watch some boring-ass documentary, which just knocks me out. 
Okay, I've got a couple of things. So, mm. I mean, I can share with you maybe after because the guests have probably heard a lot yeah, from yeah. me about, share after, share about after. sleep. Yeah. And I actually had an episode with a sleep scientist. Right. And, you know, and there's lots of personal reasons that I wanted to dive deep into sleep. Mm-hmm. However, what I would suggest if you've never heard of it or tried it is breath work. I, now, okay, let me just say something I came to, to say that to you. Yeah, so so that for me, like I'm not Breathing. someone who uh, has ever done meditation, mm-hmm. especially the conventional like sit here, yeah. quiet your mind, close your eyes. No, I've got energy. I want to be moving and yeah. I can't block things out. If anything, I think trying to sit and meditate is just makes me kind of stressed. So when I tried breath work, basically there's an app. It's called Fit. It's a... Uh, an app that's got all different fitness offerings from mm-hmm. cardio strength and there's a breathwork guy on there called Richie Bostock now I tried that oh my goodness it's like a hack for getting straight into that what other people might get from meditation but there's different there's breathwork classes that will increase your energy and like wake you up for the day and then there's some wind down ones, wind down ones yeah. oh my goodness after doing that you sleep like a baby I'll say this to you I, was, I came here to talk about breathing yes. I have the worst breathing and okay. I know it's an issue. Okay. And sometimes, because the good thing about having one of those watches, mm. uh, when I go to to golf, I wear my Apple Watch, yeah. right? And it's, and it, you know, you complete your rings and stuff. And it, I always feel, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but then occasionally I'll be driving and I'll, when I concentrate, I hold my breath without realising it. Okay. And it will just go, breathe. It just like slap me and tell me to breathe. And I'll, oh yeah, and I don't. Breathe into my diaphragm properly. I just short breaths because I come into the house late and I believe by holding my breath, I'm not making much noise. Okay. And I've been like that for years. I climb stairs and I hold my breath and I, and I keep it in. I just, it's crazy. It's weird. Okay, it's just weird. I'm going to set you up. I'm going to mm. hook you up. Okay. You're going to try this. There's 25 yep. minute ones, so it's nice and short and sweet. Mm-hmm. And I want feedback because honestly, it's mm. been a game changer for me. Okay. You know, hearing you, like I said, the reason I went so much perhaps when you were talking before, and I, you know, I joke, but it is serious because, mm. you know, you can maintain this. And obviously, like I'm saying, oh, you look good and you might feel good now, but, you know, you don't want to hit a point where you're like, actually, you're going to crash and burn or you're going to get, you know, some chronic, you know, you would, God willing, it's never going to happen. Mm. But, you know, things like sleep, there's a reason that our bodies repair. sleep. We repair. repair, you know, also the cognitive function. There's a lot going on inside. Mm. And I think, to be honest, even though the science is, is really going deep on sleep right now, there's still so much that they don't actually know. But one thing that I do know is that we are the only species on the entire planet that will deprive themselves of sleep oh, yeah. voluntarily. Yeah. Uh, no other species. And can I say, living in London... I don't know anyone in London who gets a good night's sleep. Okay. Most people. Every time I, yeah, everyone's, you know, every cab driver I, I'm in with, everybody I meet, mm. I, very few people say to me, oh, yeah, I love sleeping. I get a good 10 hours. Yeah, yeah. You, just start, you, you know, the pressure yeah. of living in this city, the pressure of paying your rent, the pressure, not, not so much me, but, every, you know, people yeah. I meet, I, I see it. Yeah. The pressure of living in shared accommodation, the noise, the, the lack of peace from the pressure of bills, the pressure yeah, it's of, a lot of stress. it's a lot of stress. Yeah. It's a lot of stress. Bringing up kids. Mm. It's a lot of stress. Yeah. You know. So with all that, then we've you know discussed so many things. Uh, would you be able to give the listeners of this show something to try this week? Often I ask for like a power hour challenge or just something. Doesn't even have to be a challenge, but something that they could maybe consider to get outside their comfort zone. I mean, we talked about so many things, didn't we? Work ethic. Mm-hmm. You know, um, failure. Wow. Um, Mariah Carey. Like so many things. But yeah, I, can you I, think of anything? I don't know. I touched on something, and I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is um, going to work for you, but I I went to a prison two days ago for the first time to do something similar mm-hmm. to what I'm doing. But it wasn't a podcast; it was, you know, 
and these guys are in these guys are working a radio station in the prison they get six hours working in it I said you're so lucky you guys you're very very lucky and I said we know you know what I mean six hours a day here I said don't screw up you know make it and I was telling them about stuff and I said um, just before about my career and stuff and I said do you know I'd like to think I'm a nice guy and I don't and I'm just in my lane but envy is a powerful powerful motivation or destroyer be very destructive and we all have it in us to be envious of somebody at some point in our life you think oh no no I'm, I'm not the sort I'm not a jealous type of person but there's not a person I know on this planet who hasn't been jealous of somebody at some point mm-hmm. and it will either destroy you or it will motivate you I'm trying to use this in some way I'm trying to I'm trying to I don't know if this is a challenge I can I, this could, yeah. could be an unusual one for you okay so I'm just thinking I remember, I'm not going to say who or why or when, but I remember getting that feeling once and I hated it. You know, like I hated it like, you know, when you deny that you like somebody, you fancy somebody and you're denying, <laughs> you're doing it publicly, but you know deep down inside you do like them. You know that feeling? It's a horrible feeling. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. Well, envy's the same. Mm. I think if, for example, if someone sat here in front of you and was really envious of you, um, and they they were too faced about it and left and went, I hate that, you know. Or they'd leave and go, I'm going to do what she's doing. Yes. But better. Yes. Yes. I yeah. love that. I right. love that so much. But better. So, and that just came to me. And I, decided, I, I don't know how we can turn this into a, any sort of challenge for people, but I think everybody listening, mm-hmm. and there may be some people listening going, no, no, I'm not just for anybody. That's not my world. I've conditioned myself not to be. It will still hit you at some point. Yep. Because there's going to be someone nicer than you (laughs) (laughs) who can prove to you that their world's even rosier than yours, right? And then you'll feel a pang of envy. They've got the perfect life or they've got the perfect this or they've got the perfect that. So I don't know how we can... How can we turn this into some sort of challenge? Can we sort of say, identify the thing. Identify the thing that makes you green with envy. Mm -hmm. And then channel it into motivation. Channel it into motivation. That doesn't mean you can compete with the person or the thing. Just channel it a different... Because if it's having a negative effect on your mind state, flip it and understand it's all right to be green with envy. It's an emotion. It's like love. It's an emotion you cannot control. It's impossible. Trust me. It's impossible. Someone could put the telly on. Someone could walk past and... Like, my missus likes trash TV. We do meet on good documentaries and good series, but she sometimes I catch her watching some absolute... I watch her watching the Kardashians, right? In my house, that would be normally banned, but she's there watching it, and I get it. I get it. It's escape. It's escapism. Um, and I said, I sat there and I said to her, what is it you like about it so much? Ah, mm. oh, you know, but she works in fashion. Yeah. So I don't... I, but I'm like, but... That's the woman's got a stick on ass. What's going on, <laughs> right? How can you find that? I don't, I don't, you don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it, right? Yeah. I'm not saying she's not attractive, but I, you know, this is me. And and yet my girl's really tiny, right? But she, no, I just escapism. I like looking at the houses. I just like looking at the way they live. It's just like, mm. you know, she's not jealous. Mm. I don't, I don't think yeah. we live okay. But you it's know, it's like what I mean? a fantasy. Well, it's not yeah, it's a, a real. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if she were, and I do think a lot of people look at it and say, I wish I was Kim, or I wish I was Courtney, or I wish I was Kyle, 
I wish I was one of them. You know, I mean, I know a lot of people watch it yeah. in that way, and it's joyous envy in a way, sort of, because it's. Just, but I'm sure there are some people watching it going. Oh, yeah. But yeah, exactly. But they're still watching. They're still There's watch those people it, yeah. that go, oh, "I hate yeah, them," yeah. and yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, maybe the Kardashians is a bad example. I'm just <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. But you know, I'm, what I'm trying to say is, I find a lot of people are motivated by envy mm. because of the way they talk. When I see them, I sure. can tell. I can tell. I meet a lot of rappers who are praising Stormzy on the one hand, but on the other hand, you can feel in all that. Yeah. <laughs> you know that yeah, kind of vibe, yeah, yeah. Like, or or you know you don't get, be a hater. Yeah, don't be yeah, a hater. Don't yeah. be a hater. No, but I think but I'm saying there is a way of making it. it well, I I remember channeling it. Yeah. Not to try and outdo the person, but just to hang on. This person two years before was telling me they're going to do this and that, and I was saying stop living in the fantasy, bro. In my head, but I was kind of supportive. But I was in my head going really, and then that person became super successful, and I was like whoa, whoa. When did that happen on my watch? Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he's my friend. I've told him the other day, actually. And I got a pang of envy. It was horrible. I just said, well, get out. Get out of my body. You know, I don't want you in there. Get out. I, that's my, you know. But it wasn't that I didn't like him. I just didn't like what happened to him. Because it. Not so much it didn't happen to me, because I wasn't trying to do the same thing as him, but it just... It's a human emotion. It is a human emotion, but I hated myself for feeling it. Right. It was really weird, but all I did was knuckle down, and it motivated me more, because I was actually proud to know that somebody I knew had become something. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. You have to jump that hurdle. Yeah. You have I to jump it. it and you have to really be honest with yourself. Yeah. You know, why are you so pissed off all the time? Or why are you, you know, why are you fake happy? Mm. Or why are you, what are you masking? Just, 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 just channel it mm. and be and positive. Own it. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the world's a lovely place, you know. Yeah. We, we really do half glass, half empty, glass half full. Yeah. You know, I'm a glass half empty guy in the sense that everything I've got, I'm really, ha I, I, it's really weird. I'm really happy for everything I've done and I've got, but I don't get gassed about it. I play it down so much you'd think I had nothing. You know, you know what I mean? Mm. I, I, I apologise for everything I've got all the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Whereas there are people I know who have got a tenth of what I've got and they talk as if they're the yeah. CEO of the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because they, that's how they see life. I see life, the I always have this thing that, can you swear on this podcast? <laughs> Not swear, but you know what I mean. My people say, "What's your what's your mantra? What's your saying?" And I say things like, "Shit's always waiting around the corner." Just when you're really happy, something bad's going to happen. It always no. happens. I know, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But you could flip that and say, "Enjoy every day." Yes. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. Enjoy yeah. every day, every single day. Really take. And I'm as I get older, I'm beginning to enjoy my life more than when I was really in it mm. twenty years ago. Really, every day just just working so hard and trying to do stuff. And I didn't, you, you mentioned Whitney and all those interviews and Jay-Z and Beyonce and Mariah. And I didn't really enjoy any of that. Not at all. Wow. I'd wake up in the morning and they'd say, right, it's Lauren today. And I'd be like, wow, I can't wait to talk to Lauren about the miseducation, this baddest album ever. I can't believe she's delivered. Oh my God, wait till I see. But then that day, all I'm thinking is I want it to be over because I want it to be good. Okay. So I just want it over with. I've got no time to be enjoying myself. Yeah, I look like I'm enjoying myself. I'm asking the questions and I'm, I'm living on the edge a bit because I haven't done the massive research I'm supposed to do because I want to have a conversation and you know, but I want it over with. I want it edited. I want it done. 
I want to see it next week on the show and then go, I'm happy with that. But okay. you don't but enjoy process, it. Yeah, yeah you don't, like when your podcast is edited, when it's mm. done, when you mm. listen back and you go, I like, that was really good. Yeah. The feeling is so much better than just before for me. Okay, okay. I'm not into the during. I'm not into the before. I'm into the after. Wow. Well, that's actually, you know, it's kind of perfect for my closing question. And I ask every guest this, and I don't want this to end, so I don't want it to be the last <laughs> we question. We did make this part one. Yeah, oh, part one. Okay, part great. One. We've got loads to talk about. Well, the closing question mm. I ask everyone is actually all about time. And when you were saying mm. then, you know, 20 years, looking back, you know, yeah. it's uh, firstly, you know, I value time so much, and there's so many reasons, but I just think that it is the most valuable thing you can give to someone. We can't get more of it. You know, if you could buy it, it would be sold out, and we'd be very, you know. I'm chasing my tail. I don't like it. Okay. I'm still chasing my tail, but go on. Well, the question is, yeah. what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you? Oh, as in me being on this earth twice as long as you, you mean. Not twice <laughs> as long, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that what's sort the of most thing. valuable lesson you think you've learned? <sighs> wow. Oh, there's so many, so many. There isn't, a one, there isn't one particular thing. Tomorrow is always better. It's all. It's never as bad as you think it is. It really isn't. Okay. You know, um, gosh, I don't know. Oh, it's really hard. That's that's. It's I know a it's a tough question, it's but a I tough guess question. the way you're at right now, yeah, tomorrow is always better. I love that. It's it's it is. You know, you listen. You're entitled to wake up in a in a funk for no reason at all. I'm not talking about having a mental illness or anything like that because I think if I had one, it would have appeared because I've been through a lot. I've been divorced. I've had stress with my son I've had you know I've had all that stuff right um and I mean I've been down proper down you know no money everything you know Uh, retired when I was 30 from everything with nothing in the bank nothing retired literally retired right because I didn't want it anymore you know all these sort of things but never never killed me you know Mm. um and every time I feel really flat I wake up and just like you know what don't talk to me no one does I just workload's killing me I just don't want to look I don't look at my diary for example it scares the hell out of me so um but something just perks me up tomorrow's always it could be someone at work it could be something that makes me laugh it could be the cat could be my fish I've got fish I feed them every morning outside they are really calming um, but tomorrow is, I've learned that tomorrow is always a better day. It is a better day. No matter how bad you feel, tomorrow can be better. It will be better. I, I think it's a simple thing, and it's a complete opposite to that whole mantra of mine of shit is always waiting around the corner, mm. which is my way of keeping myself down. Because I've always kept myself down. I've never gassed myself up. I, ne- You know, I will never, ever say I'm great. You know, you got a lot of other people to say. Well, it, you? it's lovely, mm. right? And I'm, but I think you know, you can tell I'm being genuine. I just don't function like that. Yeah. You know, I just, I just go about my business. But I do have a moment every now and again where I go, "Damn, I've done good, ain't I?" You know, <laughs> no, but occasionally, you know, yeah. you know what? Just some days, I, I walk around with a bounce on my own in my house, and I go, "Damn, you've done all right, boy." Yeah. You know, you know, you just, you need those bouncy days. You need those days because. If you work somewhere where you haven't enjoyed it, you know, like, like I said, work's a four-letter word, and you, have, you don't enjoy it, and then you work somewhere you do enjoy it, life is so much better. If you've shared a flat with someone who is just awful, dirty, unhelpful, just doesn't pay the rent on time with you or whatever, just, and then you find a great flatmate, it's amazing. 
Life's so much better. And, you know, little things, mm. little things. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the most profound thing ever, but... No, I love it. I know, love it. It's, and it's, it's, it's right on point. You know, yeah. like you said about... I don't know if you are glass half empty because that sounds very optimistic to me. Yeah. Tomorrow is always better. I'm faking it with the glass <laughs> half empty. I'm faking it with the shit always. I, I think I'm denying myself happiness. Mm. I'm trying to keep it. You know what it is? It's because so many of my peers and where I come from is so working class. Mm. It's so, you know... My dad was a bus conductor. My mum was a childminder. They had to do that in the 60s. Mm. They were Windrush, just post-Windrush. You know what I mean? Yeah. They went through a lot. Mm. They hid it from us, you know. I've always been understanding of what they couldn't give me, you know. Yeah. Hence me doing the 15-year-old, getting a part-time job and never asking them for money. But you'll never forget it. You can't. I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't. I mean, that MBE business, I only accepted it because of them. I don't like the empire word, but I accepted it because I thought my mum and dad would love to know they had a kid who got an MBE, mm. you know, and that's like... It's beautiful. It's great. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. yep. So, you know, there's a lot of things that keep me young, girl, and <laughs> yes, <laughs> sometimes well. you've got to tap into it. Yeah. You know, working in, working at One Extra is a, is a great way. Still, I cling on to that show at One Extra because I, I'm going there now. Yeah. Because it just puts us, it, they just make me laugh. Young yeah, people just constantly, yeah, the energy's crazy. Cool, I love it, I love it. Well, like I said, I could talk to you all day. Um, I've got, so, yeah, I mean, part two, we'll, we'll keep it for part two. But thank you so, so much for giving me your time, for being here, for being so candid and so honest. I really just absolutely loved it. I know the listeners are gonna love it too. I'm sure that, yeah, um, well, we'll, we shall see. You also be the first podcast I've ever listened to. It's that second one I've ever listened to. Yes. <laughs> hear it, people. Hear it. And I'm going to hook you up straight after the show with the breath work too. Thank so you. So thank you so much for listening. Remember, you can rate, you can review, you can only good, only good. I'm no, do. Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> yeah, be honest. Honestly, Tell us what honest. you think. Reach out and have an awesome, awesome week. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Trevor. Thank you. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.